You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Brad Jacobs, CEO of XPO Logistics. global consumer market with increasingly challenging demand signals requires a supply chain that can be agile, flexible, and responsive. New technologies and innovative software can help address those issues, but should businesses make that investment now, or should they focus on emerging trends? Inbound Logistics publisher Keith Biondo talks with Brad Jacobs, CEO of XPO Logistics, to explore some options. We do appreciate you taking the time to reach our ever-growing audience of readers, listeners, and viewers. Uh, as you know, you were a chart topper last time, so we appreciate you uh, speaking with our, our uh, audience. Pleasure's mine. When we spoke about a year ago, there was breaking news, and we kind of jumped right into the developments at XBO, but I thought I'd take a step back a little bit. You've had an interesting journey to become the leader of one of the uh, largest transportation and logistics companies. Can you give our audience a, a guided tour of, of how you ended up at XBO? Sure. So I'm a career CEO. It's the only thing I know how to do. And prior to XPO, I had four companies that I started from scratch, and we built each one of them into billion or multi-billion dollar enterprises that were leaders in the industry and focused on customer service and and did very, very well. And the the key theme through my other companies was logistics, whether it was transporting garbage in the waste management business or whether it was transporting construction equipment at United Rentals, whether it was transporting oil, it was moving oil around the world. It was transporting things, it was moving things and getting things to the right place on time. And here at uh, XPO Logistics, that's exactly what we're doing. We're helping customers move goods through their supply chain in the most efficient way. Well, it seems that the, uh, the other uh, experiences were transportation-related tangentially. This is a little bit different because you're right in the middle of the action. Are you more engaged? Is it more compelling doing uh, this job? I like to think I've been engaged in, in the thick of the action, and every job I've had, I've really enjoyed doing it. I've had a lot of fun doing this one. i got a great team of people. We're satisfying 50,000 customers every day, so it's, it, it's a nice gig. Excellent. So there's been a lot of development since we last spoke over the past year. Can you relate a timeline of events and perhaps do a deep dive on uh, one or two of the most notable developments from a shipper perspective? Well, the last year, as you know, we stopped doing acquisitions in 2015 and focused the entire management team on optimizing the businesses that we have and integrating them into one XPO, sharing best practices across the globe and making it so that every interaction that we have with a customer is a delightful one. It's a breath of fresh air. So lots of training of our people all around the world. Uh, we've brought much more e-commerce business to the U.S. Uh, we are very strong in e-com. We have the, in Europe, we have the largest e-fulfillment platform in Europe by far. We've exported expertise from the U.S. to Europe in aerospace and telecom and technology. We're opening up last mile in Europe which is where we're the, we're the leader in last mile here in the United States. And in the U.S., we've combined uh, an offering in response to customer requests of last mile LTL and supply chain into one unique end-to-end service direct to the consumer, which is a big e-commerce asset. So we've been very, very busy in the last year, just to name a, a few things. So the work uh, on this side is mirroring the work in Europe and vice versa? Oh, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, we had 
35 of our top executives from around the world here in Greenwich, our headquarters, for a week. And it's one integrated company. We, we function as a single company with one brand, one back office, one go-to-market strategy, sharing best practices, and, and cross-fertilizing what's working in one part of the company to another. Uh, you mentioned e-commerce, and the last time we spoke, you were discussing the integration of the technologies across the length and breadth of XPO. Can you share how some of those uh, integration efforts are going and how they impact forward-facing uh, customers? Uh, the integration is substantially complete, I'm happy to say. The entire business in North America is now on the same ERP system, so that's mm-hmm. behind us. Europe, 84% of our revenue is on one ERP, and by the end of the year, it will be close to 100%. We're on one global CRM, Salesforce.com. Every salesperson mm-hmm. we have, 34 countries, is on the same CRM system, so we can see any interaction that's going on at any of our 50,000 customers worldwide. Of course, this has helped to, to cross-sell to our customers as well. We're substantially complete on the rebranding. We have a small amount of equipment that's being retired or returned in the next 12 months that we decided not to rebrand, but almost everything's rebranded. And the entire reporting structure has been integrated. Everyone is on one common, standardized, monthly operating review process. So I'm guessing that's uh, helping you to discover organic opportunities wherever they are around the globe. Is that, is that right? Yes. We're on a listening mission, Keith. We're listening to our customers. We're asking our customers what more we can do for them. We're asking our customers where are their pain points, what's going wrong, where are other vendors letting them down, and where can we help out, where can we step up. And it's resonating. That end-to-end solution, that, that consultative approach is resonating with the customers. Consultations are uh, extremely important because, as, as you may know, we speak about uh, third-party logistics providers acting as change agents. Uh, is there any focus on that? Is that a requirement that you're getting from some of your customers, or is it just optimizing uh, their current logistics and supply chain networks? Every single one of our customers has pressure to take costs out of their cost structure, and transportation and logistics is a meaningful part of their cost structure. And we help them identify ways where there's inefficiencies, where they can improve their cost structure and get the goods through the supply chain more effectively, more cost-effectively, more efficiently, at the right speed and with the right mode. So it is a big part of our business. It's a relationship business as opposed to just trying to sell a specific, being a vendor for a specific line of business. So it's more strategic rather than tactical. Yes, absolutely right. One of the things that we uh, talk about uh, here at Inbound Logistics is uh, something uh, we call supply chain impatience. Now, you mentioned the uh, last mile efforts in in Europe. I was just wondering if the impact of the digital supply chain is is driving any of the the strategies uh, here in the States and, of course, uh, in Europe. Is the requirement for more speed or supply chain impatience changing uh, your last mile strategies at all? Oh, yeah. Everyone wants more speed. If, assuming they're not running a, a, a supply chain that doesn't require speed, but most of them want speed. They want time. But more important than speed is they want accuracy. They want accuracy of pickup, accuracy of delivery. They want to have the least amount of damages, preferably none. They want accurate invoicing. Right. Speed is a big part of it. And technology 
is certainly an, an enabler for that. As you know, we have a global team of 1,600 IT professionals full-time on staff who can deploy proprietary software very rapidly, and they have a $425 million annual budget. And we concentrate our technology efforts on four areas of innovation. The first is automation, any place where we can replace the reliance on human behavior with machines. Right. Remove costs from the system, and that's in the warehouse, it's in the crosswalk, across the whole system. Second area is visibility and customer service. Visibility is very important to our customers, knowing where their freight is at any one point in time. The third area is business-specific analytics, so giving customized KPIs and metrics to each customer as they say is important to them. And the fourth area is just cool stuff, stuff that's far-reaching, new capabilities, forward-looking thinking. We have lots of uh, money invested in very bright technology folks who have trunk works. They have uh, R&D projects. They have big ideas, and we're letting them run with the ball on that. We're continuing to introduce robotics, especially for complex and reverse logistics. We've got drone test piloting now in various uh, warehouses doing the inventory. We've got other advanced automation as part of the rollout of our new warehouse for the future platform that we're doing in conjunction with a large customer. You mentioned last mile. In last mile piece, we hold patents on cutting-edge software for real-time visibility and customer experience management. And then in LTL, we implemented, we rolled out 14,000 new handheld and inspection tablets and we also rolled out new pricing systems and robust pricing algorithms, and we made the technology-enabled workforce planning and network optimization. I mean, I could go on and on about what we're doing in technology, but I think that gives you a flavor of the commitment and the liveliness that we have in technology. Well, with the rapidity of uh, customer demands, I think that kind of investment is unusual in our space. There are many uh, areas... Uh, in transportation and logistics where the assets are just not available to do that kind of forward-thinking investment, uh, skunk works and, and that kind of thing. So uh, it may not bear fruit today, but it certainly will bear fruit tomorrow. So that's, uh, that's different and it's, uh, it's admirable. So I've got a couple of last questions, Brad. What's your sense on capacity here in the States as, uh, as predicted that the economy domestically heats up? What should uh, beneficial freight owners and shippers be expecting and looking out for? You know, it's interesting, Keith. There's, there's a near universal consensus in the states that capacity is going to get very tight when ELDs roll out at the end of the year. But you don't see that in behavior. You see that a lot in what people are saying. When you analyze customer behavior, you don't see a lot of customers locking in for long term what the, today's price is. So there's a little bit of a contradiction there. Maybe mm -hmm. that's for a transportation markets, not just here, but globally, are lukewarm. There's a lot of capacity, and it's inexpensive. Now, on the other hand, contract logistics is very hot. Uh, that, and that's global. That's here. That's in Europe. It's everywhere. There's a competitive dynamic that's going on with retail customers and e-commerce customers mm -hmm. where their consumers have higher levels of expectations for, as you were asking a minute ago, about speed. And as a result of that, retailers are outsourcing more logistics. And we're now opening a new site in contract logistics 
every two weeks on average here in North America and at a similar cadence in Europe. That's interesting because we've uh, identified a trend here at Inbound Logistics. As you know, we uh, get a lot of projects from our readers and listeners and viewers for contract logistics, uh, given the annual 3PL issue and, and related editorial and original research. One of the things we've noticed is a definite trend towards e-commerce SMBs uh, from outside the U.S. looking for uh, a global presence irrespective of where these products are bought, uh, looking for a a global delivery presence here in the United States. Have you noticed anything along those same lines? Yes, but only in a few dozen customers. Our largest customers that themselves, they have global footprints and manage their supply chain on a global basis. It's interesting, Keith, some of our large customers don't manage their supply chains on a global basis. We deal with them in Europe, we deal with them here, and never the twain meet. Other ones have a completely different approach where they have centralized procurement, including for transportation logistics, and they do the planning and the actual procurement and the sourcing on a global basis. The ones who are doing it globally absolutely do have that uh, requirement to uh, get more solutions and more ideas and more technology to integrate with them to give them a global visibility to the place. Well, that's wonderful, Brad. Uh, We appreciate the update. And uh, we hope that you'll uh, sit down and and speak with us again soon. Always a pleasure, and I love reading the magazine, Keith. Thank you, Brad. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. All of these links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.